Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, Receiving the Gift of Love, and is based on Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It was delivered on Sunday, December 18th, 2022, by Pastor Steve Pierce. During this time of the year, giving and receiving Christmas cards takes off like a rocket ship. Since the early 1860s, Americans have been exchanging holiday cards, sharing news with loved ones as to what they've done over the last year, how things are going with the children, and on and on. Even though emails and social media posts are gaining in popularity, there are still plenty of people who love to send the card and who love to receive them. It's our way to stay connected, to share with others the gift of news. And while many of the cards we will receive will include a lovely collection of people's smiling faces, you have to admire the ones that are also honest. I'm thinking of a friend who recently lost a loved one. And then the card he sent included a photo of he and his now deceased spouse while on their travels. A reminder to all of his loved ones of everything that he's lost this past year. Another card we received is from a retired couple in New York. Some wonderful news is shared, a wedding in England, the birth of another grandchild, the thrill of being together at family events. And then the mother adds this at the end of the handwritten note. It mentions her daughter having below-the-knee leg amputation because of an aggressive sarcoma. But this line gives so much hope, even so, she is determined to live a normal life. And then there's this card that came in from a family member not too long after her divorce was final. In the photograph she sent, her children are happy and carefree on summer vacation. The joyful scene in the picture is juxtaposed with a paragraph at the end of the letter where she writes this, People from broken families pay an emotional price all of the time. But that is especially true during the holidays. The joy of Advent and Christmas is mingled with pain and sorrow for so many of us. The merriment covers up the truth that this really isn't the most wonderful time of the year for everybody. In fact, when we hear the radio and we listen to the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, you have to wonder where is home for folks whose lives have been completely upended by betrayal, by loss, by pain. What if the happy memories of these days are harsh reminders of what we've lost, of who we have lost? Let's face it, Christmas is difficult. All we have to do is take a look at the lesson Jody McLean has read for us from Matthew. Christmas has always been difficult. All we have to do is ask Joseph. Joseph is committed to Mary in every legal way. 
and legal action would be required to end the relationship if a problem should arise. And as we know from the story, there is a problem because the problem is getting bigger and bigger as the weeks and the months go by and all of the family can see what's really happening. Now Joseph has to decide what he's going to do about the marriage. As a righteous man who is familiar with the law and the scriptures, he knows he really only has two options. He can disgrace Mary by filing for divorce, or he can have her stoned to death. That is what the scriptures say. That is what they call for. And isn't that what a righteous man would do, is to follow the scriptures? Perhaps. But Joseph takes a different approach to the situation It's one of compassion and mercy. It's almost as if he senses there's something of the divine coming in this this news, but he can't quite place it. And so instead of running from the difficulty, he decides it's best to divorce Mary quietly. And doing so would save her from public humiliation, but also by doing it this way, he would save the baby's life. And this is where the Christmas story gets really, really interesting for us. An angel comes to Joseph to announce the child growing inside of Mary is not a moral conundrum. Rather, the child is a gift for all the people, a savior, the son of God. The angel instructs, take Mary for your wife, name the child Jesus. How could Christmas get any more difficult than this? One of heaven's messengers appears in a dream explaining that the child miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit in a virgin womb is, in fact, the incarnate God. Who could believe this? Who could possibly subscribe to such nonsense? And yet Joseph, a righteous man, is persuaded to accept all the risk to resist the custom, the tradition, and to welcome the potential as well as the danger of what the angel says. Now for me, when I read a story like this, and we read these stories every year, I often ask, where does the courage come from? Where? Perhaps it's from Isaiah's prophecy that Matthew weaves into this beautiful story remembering a season hundreds of years ago when the birth of a special child was to Israel a sign of God's presence, Matthew brings forward the prophet's words to this time. This child, he says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Boy, it sounds very similar to Isaiah 7, doesn't it? Look, the young woman is with child and will bear a son. And you shall name him Emmanuel. Several hundred years later, an angel says to Joseph, clearly, take Mary as your wife. What's happening is a mystery of the Holy Spirit of God, but it is of God. Receive the gift of this child, this gift of love, of Emmanuel, God with us. Name the child Jesus. He will come and he will save the people from their sins. And there's 
the point of Christmas. <laughs> Why is God coming to us in the first place? There's so much pain. There's so much disappointment. People fail us. We hurt each other. We do terrible things. We say horrific things about each other. God comes to us to save us from all of that, to set us free, to forgive us from our many sins, our many problems. And only God could have equipped Joseph to have received this message, to accept that this was an exceptional task before him. Only God could have empowered him for such a risky righteousness for something beyond what he could have ever imagined. Charles Wesley, the prolific hymn writer who set Methodism to music, rose to his greatest height in glory in expressing the joy of Christmas. We sing these words every year, but do we ever really pay attention to the words? Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, long desired be Yond him come, finding here his humble home. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as men with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Instead of God keeping God's distance as the Greeks believed, God comes to us. God is pleased to dwell with us in the form of a person, the form of a Savior. This is what the world had waited for so long, a human quality in God which would bring him near, flesh of our flesh, blood of our blood, body of our body. Instead of coming to judge and condemn, he came to save and to forgive, to give people a second chance. Some years ago, a teacher assigned to tutor children in a large city hospital was asked to help a young boy with his homework. We're studying nouns and verbs in class, the regular teacher said. So I'd be grateful if you would tutor this young boy so he doesn't fall too far behind in his studies. So the visiting teacher went to the hospital to work with that child. And as the story goes... When she got there, she was horrified to find out that he was in the intensive care unit and that he had been so badly burned all over his body that he could barely speak his own name. Nevertheless, she tried to work with him on his nouns and his verbs, but the boy said virtually nothing. When the teacher left to go home, she was distraught. She felt like she accomplished absolutely nothing. But by the next morning when she returned, one of the nurse's aides came over to her and said, what did you do to the young boy? What did you do? What happened yesterday? We'd been worried about him, she said to the teacher, but ever since you were here, his attitude has changed and he's fighting back. And He's beginning to respond to treatment. We really think that he's going to live. The teacher said, I didn't do anything. 
I didn't do anything. Some weeks later, after the boy had been released from the hospital, he explained why the teacher's visit had made such a difference. He had a simple realization that came to him in the middle of the night after the teacher had left. And he said, with tears in his eyes, they wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and verbs with a dying boy would they? No. You know, it's so easy for us to creep into despair, to think that we don't matter, to consider the possibility that we're not important. We're not important enough to God because God is so busy with other things, more important things. Is God really interested in our broken hearts? Is God really interested in a bad medical diagnosis that scares us literally to death? Does God know that we have a child out there somewhere that's alone, that's scared, that is desperate? Does God even care that there's a relationship on the verge of complete and total collapse? The Christmas story says to you and to me, yes, God's eyes are locked on humanity. God is interested in nouns and verbs, the nouns that we are, persons, and what we do, the verbs of our life. And as is the case for Joseph and Mary, The Christmas message attests that our simple life is of great importance to the living God. The Christmas cards we receive, the Christmas cards we send, are all about that one message, Emmanuel. God is with us. And so instead of keeping distance, instead of staying way off, God comes near. God comes down. God forgives, God cares, God saves. We are not alone in this world. No, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. So the next time you send a Christmas card or a holiday card, remember, it's okay to be honest about the truth of our pain and our suffering. But it's just as true that we can be honest about those pains and the truth that we're not alone. We don't suffer alone. That God is with us. And there's always good news. Let's pray. Our gracious God in heaven, we thank you for this powerful story, the Christmas story, and the promise of your deliverance for all people. We thank you for this message that you care, that you have always cared from the very beginning, and that your hope and peace and joy and love never run out. 
for you have promised all of us better days. For those who are struggling this morning, grant them your favor and your healing touch. Grant them the gift of your love. May they receive it with joy, for we ask this in the name of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ, and all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.